Welcome to Inclusion Matters, a podcast about children's development from the Center for Inclusive Childcare. Welcome to Inclusion Matters. I'm Priscilla Wyo, the Assistant Director of the Center for Inclusive Childcare. I'm here again with a dear colleague, Vicki Thrasher-Cronin, for part two of our discussion on just setting up for success in the um, physical environment and how to meet those physical needs. Um, Vicki is here with us as an early childhood expert. I'll say that about her. She truly is gifted in the field. She's been in the field for 40-plus years as family child care provider, early childhood um, teacher, parent educator, and at the end of her career, a coach with us. And we have been just thrilled to be talking with her about a specific classroom and a specific center-based setting that really had some concerns. And to kind of recap just quickly, um, lots of busy bodies, lots of busy boy bodies with some, um, some of that really necessary rough and tumble need, but figuring out how to provide opportunities to meet those needs so that it was lessening some of the challenges that were occurring. And then on top of all that, a new team of teachers that had just started working together. So in part two, we're going to really look at our part one, which I encourage you all to, if you have not listened to, go back and listen to that. Um, We really focused on kind of the prep work, the discussion, the wondering about what are those next steps, looking at our own personal parameters and expectations. This part two, we're going to talk about really what it looked like. How did you get there and how did you make it happen? So I'm going to hand it off to Vicki and you just share kind of those first steps and go from there. Well, and to just drop back a little bit too, we started working in this environment early November. Mm-hmm. And so we had Thanksgiving uh, Thanksgiving break in there. Um, and it and and that was a nice break also because it gave the, the, um, the staff and, and other grown-ups who are working with the program the opportunity to do some reflection on what we were thinking about and working working with. And then we came back and we started talking more specifically with the director about we really did need um, support to investigate and make some changes in mm-hmm. the environment and maybe even to broaden out what we call the environment, get outside of the walls, uh, so to speak. Uh, as we came back in <coughs> from the... Um, Thanksgiving break, we wanted to take an opportunity to uh, start looking at how were we going to change the classroom to meet the needs of this diverse group of energy people. Mm -hmm. We also had, um, we had very physical kids. We had some kids who were perceived to be uh, perhaps in need of some assessment, uh, Mm -hmm. perhaps a referral to um, help me grow. And, you know, we just needed to start looking more carefully at what are their needs versus what are our definitions of what their needs are and how we do that. Mm-hmm. So um, we had a, a, a staff meeting of teachers together in the classroom to start looking at helping us see together how we could start changing that environment for flow. We really needed space. We needed yeah. alleys, if you will, between sure. uh, uh, the, where the, the carpet area was and where fine motor was and where, oh, my goodness, dramatic play. Dramatic play got so big and dramatic sometimes oh, yeah. that we needed really big space. Sure. Um, so we started uh, together looking at what, is, what do we have at our fingertips 
we didn't purchase anything. Mm -hmm. We used what we had either in the classroom and or um, in our storage, okay, various storage areas. And um, with the help of the staff, we mapped out um, a map of the children, kind of who they were, how old they were, uh, how they were perceived to be in the classroom, Mm -hmm. and what guidance knowing the children would give us in setting up the classroom. So that that really helped us break down some what I guess I would call thinking barriers. Okay. You know, we have an idea about what a classroom should look like. Um, it's always been like this. This mm-hmm. is where we've always done that. And uh, we even started using the carpet area quite differently. Uh, yes, it was group time area, but we made our groups smaller. So nice. we got to use that carpet area for some wrestling, yeah. for example, with some mats that we could put down. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we had, um, as we implemented with the children, we had a, a team meeting with small groups of kids about what the rules of wrestling should nice. be. That, and I'm going to say that that is the way to do it right, because when you said wrestling, I'm sure a lot of our listeners went, what? 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 Mats? What? Are you kidding? And the rules and that front end loading with, oh my, here's how it looks. This is how it can go. This is how it should go. It sets it up for success. It really does. And it allows many children who wouldn't consider wrestling um, an opportunity mm. to consider wrestling yeah. <laughs> with their friend yeah. and going by the rules. Yeah. So the teachers started looking up uh, online and on, uh, well, I guess mostly on the web. You know, there's the whole worldwide wrestling thing. Oh, and sure, yeah. So uh, and it was just all kinds of information about what wrestling rules are about and with the, how to use bells. And so they got way outside oh, their fun. comfort zones yes. uh, with this. And then because they had information, um, they started meeting with the smaller groups Okay. Of like, more like paired um, groups of children. So the bigger boys who had lots of physicality with each other anyway, Mm -hmm. that little group of people became a rulemaking group. Oh. And then there was sort of that middle area where they used their elbows more than full body stuff. And and so then what are the rules of wrestling? Mm. And then um, for the girls and others who just weren't really big muscle potty people, um, they had a gathering of, well, what does wrestling look like? And then the classroom made a list of four rules. Okay. They really actually looked a lot like the rules you make in the classroom for, you know, being kind, not hurting anyone, Mm -hmm. but they had wrestling language. Oh, fun. So, so can, you, can you give one as an example? Well, uh, you recall? Oh, goodness sakes. Sorry, I'm putting you on the spot. <laughs> that's, that's right. Maybe maybe that cell in my brain will wake up as, as I go along. Um, but it was just perfect. Um, and they had a bell. Nice. And so in the beginning, the teacher would teach or would, would ring the bell mm-hmm. and state the rule, the rule okay. that was broken. And okay. there might be a penalty or there might be a timeout. Okay. Um, you know, so well, you take a break from wrestling, you, you have to sit out on the mat. count to 10, and yeah. then you come back together and you, you, um, they did a, a, a fist, you know, 
smacking their fists fist together, yeah. fist okay. bump, to, to come back together to okay. say, okay, now I'm we're back follow. on. <laughs> and you know, it, it was so funny because this whole thing in, a, in, a, in the morning would not take a long period of time. They got done with it really quick. Sure. You know, yeah. but then they had to redo it again in some of the transition times, just before transition. If there were some of the boys who really had big physical stuff going on, they would go back, they'd do a little bit of wrestling, uh, the teacher or the uh, the aide or the volunteer parent. At this later part of the year, we had some parents volunteering in there. Okay, um, They would also just help the kids do their bump of fists, do their thing, and then get ready to get in the, yeah. whether it was the line to go down to the um, the big, quote, gym area or the outdoors, whatever it was we were doing. So I'm noticing as you're talking through this, you're doing so many different things that are teaching the children important skills for regulation and what they need in their bodies and ways to do it appropriately that are, you know, um, there are parameters of, of success there built in ahead of time. That's huge. But what you've also done with just even the process as you kind of kind of going back to even the staff meeting where you mapped out the room and you all worked together for that, it it opened things up to the whole center to say this is an experiment experiment that we're all making and we're all in this together and you also then by doing that you kind of um swept away the barriers of, well, this is my stuff for my classroom. Because what you did is you looked in the corners and said, well, what do we have here already? You didn't spend money and you didn't encourage them to buy stuff because they were all there together saying, well, I've got one of those. And Matt's, oh, we've got that in storage. Or it, it just, I'm sure it just built a community that made such a difference in the way things felt in that place. Because if you go from challenging behavior and children getting in trouble because they're hurting each other and that heavy, heavy weight, and now what you've done with this whole process is you said, it doesn't have to be that way. And look at how much fun we can have making it different. And you've pulled the kids in. I love the rules and them making the rules and talking about what each different group needs. And that's a, such a great recipe for success. Well, you know, we, we, um, we fell upon it because we had the opportunity to work together. Yeah. Um, the director made sure we had the time and the support that she could give us yeah. once we were clear in our communication of what we needed. Mm -hmm. And then as, the, as we did work as a whole center environment, um, the, the teachers shared so much more with each other. Um, as they would observe each other's classroom, uh, their start times were staggered, so there was opportunities for them to see one another oh, nice. um, at work. It might have been short times, but they got to see each other. They started to also know the kids more and more. Okay. Um, some of the teachers had had these kids as threes, and now they're fours or they're fives. And so, you know, it, it had an opportunity for them to say, you know, I have this. I wonder if so-and-so would benefit from that. Nice. Or I have a college student who's going to be assigned to me on Mondays and Wednesdays. Um, I wonder if I could, you know, why don't I send her to you on Wednesdays? Nice. Because that's the day you go down to the gym. Yeah. So they just started working as a whole collective. It's like, it. a, <clears throat> you know, the fish in the fishbowl. Yeah. You swim around long enough, you see what's going on in the middle. Yeah. And then, you know, you, you kind of step up to that. 
it really did get pretty warm and fuzzy. It started out with some edginess about uh, how are we ever going to resolve it? Yeah. Uh, there's so much here. There's so many problems. Um, you know, big energy, big uh, behavior issues, mm-hmm. you know, which come from big energy, big physical stuff, um, does set us aside. It just, it yeah. does. We're, yeah. we're women. Mm-hmm. Most of us in this field are women. We typically go about things in a very different way mm-hmm. than uh, male energy mm-hmm. or high energy kids, mm-hmm. not just boys. Mm-hmm. Um, we just sometimes don't know what our possibilities are until yeah. we get outside the box. Yeah. Um, I'm one of those persons, and I've always looked to sports, being a non-athlete type person, and having little interest in observing uh, sports. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm a good friend to support someone else watching. You know, I'll <laughs> sure. get the snacks, and I'll make sure that everything's connected and all of that, but I'm not inclined to just sit and watch it. Um, but it, it allowed us to, to really get to know each other in a very different way and how to support. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got outside of our, our own dis- our comfort zones. Yeah. You know, we were outside them. Now we got more comfortable being outside them and we took it back inside ourselves with us uh-huh. so we could fil- facilitate that through January. Right. You know, January comes and what happens? Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, were we glad for the wrestling times. I bet. Uh, we did have to come up with some schedules of when wrestling would occur mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we needed it a little more often. Mm-hmm. And uh, we actually were able to get in the hallway for some of that during the January nice. spell because there were days on end that we couldn't get outdoors or they couldn't get outdoors. Mm -hmm. So we actually had some wrestling mats that we had in the hallway. We had, we could put them down when we needed them. We we put them them back up Mm -hmm. when we weren't, we could hang our rules on the wall Mm -hmm. and the window was right there into the classroom. So the kids could see each other Mm -hmm. and uh, we rotated them. And I say, we, you know, I helped them. I facilitated their uh, their knowledge, what was yeah. inside them to do. It mm-hmm. was theirs to do, and they did it. Um, my role really was to help them figure out what was needed and to get outside our skulls, yeah. you know, because our skull holds all the training we've had about how it's supposed to be done. Yes. And when we have children today, we have to get outside that skull and say, a lot of that doesn't work anymore. Mm-hmm. We need to open it up. Mm-hmm. I, I'm so excited to continue this conversation, Vicki, because it's just, it's like this little flower unfolding before us with this discussion. You know, you've kind of taken us through the beginnings and now the middle, which is the meat of the matter, kind of how did you implement. And now for our part three, which we will have, um, we'll come back to um, for our next episode, is to really look at a couple things that I'd like you to ponder as we go to that. Um, How are families responding to this, especially the families of some of the children that you mentioned in our earlier um, discussion of the ones that maybe have some unique needs and how are they feeling about all this and how that road of implementing these things in the classroom and also seeing their child be maybe more 
involved in this community instead of being that kid that everybody comes home and talks about and says, Mom, he hit me again today, or, oh, you know, so-and-so, he's not, he's the bad kid. I mean, those are the... Those are the things that are happening in so many places. So I look forward to part three when we can talk a little bit more about that parent perspective and the parent buy-in maybe, and just the continued um, discussion about other ways that you noted success. So thank you, Vicki, and I'll look forward to talking with you again in part three. Thank you. Thanks for listening. For more resources, visit us at inclusivechildcare.org.